Welcome to the Pilot Boys Podcast, where you'll get the real on all things sports, music, and pop culture. And here are your hosts, Vishwant and Partha. West Coasting with my man Partha. Woo! How you feeling, man? Fantastic. Episode 78. 78. We've jumped, you know. Yeah, we've we've, we've reached a new far. level here. Yeah. What we're getting we're getting close to those eighties. Eighties. We gotta do something special for the hundredth episode. We gotta figure we out what that what maybe that's a video, be. man. Yeah. That might be maybe a video episode. So it's four twenty today. It's I Tuesday, know. four twenty. And V's in LA visiting me. We're recording from the crib. Yeah, it's been a great start to the week, man. Just vibing and and plotting and talking. You know, it's, it's great to spend time together and just away from just like the structured approach that we normally have when when you actually are physically in the same space. It makes a lot of things easier, right? Just yeah. conversations happen organically, thoughts happen organically, and uh, and the relationships always grow. And I, and I also feel like. The momentum, like we're going to get into it, but yesterday was a, a day filled with uh, good energy and great news. And today there's some more, some more great news. But I just feel like when you when you align yourself with a group of people who are all moving in the direct same direction, things just start moving. And yeah, it, it just yeah, seems- very naturally. Honestly, it's it's it turns very out of your control how fast things work out. Yeah, yeah. It does. It does. And it's it's surprising at times, but you just gotta go with the flow, man, and ride it without without getting in your head and thinking too much. It's just 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 absorb and enjoy the wins because they don't always happen and they don't always happen consistently, right? Sometimes you know, when, when you're collecting a group together versus just one big win, it's uh it's uh it's momentum you just need to enjoy. Absolutely. Um, you know, speaking of momentum and wins, I, I, I definitely want to highlight, well, we can talk about my stuff in a second, but I want to talk about the B situation we had yesterday first. Oh my God, this is crazy, man. And it brings up a great topic we were going to talk about anyways, which was why the hell are people so afraid of bees? But this this situation (laughs) was like the attack of the killer bees yesterday. We're all sitting here and, uh, Nafis was outside uh, sitting on the patio on a call and we saw a swarm of things. I think part that you picked it up first, the swarm of like flying insects flying. It was a lot. It It was was so dense. It was hundreds. It was hundreds. Yeah. Yeah. It was so, it looked like in the movies when they have like the locust that destroy Egypt, you know what I mean? Yeah. It looked like that. (laughs) Partha was like, "We're not. Don't open the door. Nafis can Nafis can get stung out there. We're not opening the door." At, any hey, at that point, he was gone to me. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "We lost one. We don't need to lose three more." <laughs> he was sitting. I was like, "Man, bees aren't bees aren't going to do anything." He's like, "What if they're killer bees, though?" I was like, "Oh shit, you're right." But this guy's sitting there on a phone call, on an intense phone call, and doesn't even notice this swarm of angry bees because it seems like what we concluded was somebody must have knocked down their hive. So you're not just talking about a bunch of bees. You're talking about a bunch of angry bees, which makes a difference. Way worse. And he's probably sitting out there for five minutes. You're texting him. We're trying to get his attention from the window. Then he finally realizes and gets up and just walks calmly back to the back to the back to the house and leaves and the door did. open. Yes. <laughs> Who does that? You're like, that's the reason why I wanted to keep him outside. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you have a security hole or a security breach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man. But then we go outside probably an hour later and on your fence, the way your fence is, you have like green vegetation covering your fence, but on a portion of the fence, all of those bees that were flying around the flowers had all collected in one area um, 
So uh, the bee guy is out there right now. Um, the Are landlord. they swarming right now? No, they're not swarming. He was swarming. like, he was like, can you show me where the hive is? And I was like, it's right there. And we were walking <laughs> yeah. outside, and he's like looking at all of the bush <laughs> except the hive, and he like gets like a foot away from it, and then looks right in front of him, and he jumps. He's like, oh, it's right there. And I was like, yeah, dude, you've been walking up to it for like five minutes. <laughs> we might need to go do a wellness check on him. Yeah, seriously. What a it's interesting situation. Four four twenty in Los Angeles, though, right? Is wasn't it fascinating that when we walked outside, we went for a, a coffee walk this morning, and didn't it just seem like there was just the the normal sunshine was just covered with clouds, and you were like, maybe it's the yeah. weed. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I mean, seriously, it could be. <laughs> I, you know i like 420 as a holiday it's just a gentler holiday than most other you know like every other holiday you're drinking and like yeah. that's like the theme of it and 420 is more like hey like why don't we all you know smoke a little bit hang out watch some tv order in some food yeah it's a great day to take off like we had a good start last night that thai food that we ordered um, oh my god was a great kickoff to 420 so uh, good. the Thai food in LA is fantastic. It's the best. It's the yeah. best. I think it's uh it's it's definitely I don't think any market. Maybe when we go out to Bangkok they'll have some better Thai food, but yeah. that, I think I think uh, <laughs> I think LA is the LA is the winner, but it is a great holiday like you said because it's 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 very peaceful. Um and uh, and it's uh it's a very unique place to be with just the culture here being kind of like you have the beautiful weather but it also embraces weed culture most of these yeah. dispensaries if you want to hit a dispensary today and anywhere in los angeles you're probably looking at uh looking at long wait times and uh and a line outside um but you know once once people leave the dispensary and they they roll up and look at the the hills and the water and the sunshine it's it's a great environment for 420 if the bee situation clears soon, V, we should go after this podcast. We should. Let's do it. It's pending bees. Yes. Yes. Maybe they've got a bee strain of marijuana. But I <laughs> wanted to I do want to talk about this bee situation though, and this is something that came up yesterday. Your fear of them was very, very well recognized considering how you reacted. I haven't seen part that like lose his cool ever he's usually this like straight mellow guy consistently but you could sense a little tension yesterday when you there's a lot of bees dude i mean it was a swarm <laughs> like that's the type of thing that kills people you know what i mean like yeah nafisa is all like he came in he's like oh you know i didn't react i came in nice and cool and it's like bro okay but like you almost died so you know i would i would have run you know what i mean but like cool but there's this, there's this, I think there's this misconception about bees that's going around, specifically honeybees, when you really understand their value in our oh, ecosystem. Great. I'm just saying like thousands of bees are not great at once. Thousands <laughs> well, at once in a small location. Thousands at once, considering we thought someone had just knocked down their hive, they're probably angry. Here's the thing about bees is I think, think most people are afraid of them and they have like there's a panic attack that ensues when people recognize like even if you're at a restaurant and a bee is flying around your food a honeybee it seems like probably nine out of ten people panic yeah. when they see a bee yeah and i don't want to i don't want to out a friend but i have a friend who if a bee is anywhere near him, he will like literally his body will flail and he'll be like 15 feet somewhere else in, in a matter of seconds. That's how Tafara is. She cannot stand the sight of a bee. And it's so funny. I laugh every time, but I really realize it's a real phobia. Yeah. A lot and of no people get what, stung as kids, bro. I got stung as a kid, right? Me multiple, too, twice. Multiple, yeah. Multiple times. But once you actually realize that in the ecosystem, the worst possible thing, it's the same thing, right? If you see a bear or a snake and you run, it's probably the worst reaction, right? Yeah. Like bees, we know this. And when you, when you study them specifically, honeybees, um, when they, when they sting insects and stuff like that, nothing happens. They can sting other insects and organisms, but when they sting a human being, 
the stinger actually gets removed from the bee and so they die. So I, that's what I try to tell people who are afraid of bees. But when people are scared, they just don't care. It's like, look, Dude, the bee does yeah. not want to commit suicide. Unless you give a reason for it to be fearful, you have no reason to, to kill a bee. And when you realize, like, we wouldn't have most of our fruits and vegetables if we killed all the bee, every bee that we saw. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? You know um, where it gets tricky, though? It gets tricky with hornets. And it gets oh. tricky with yellow jackets. It gets it gets tricky with the ones that don't provide a lot of ecological value, but yeah. also sting. And hornets tend to be more. Um, and they're aggressive. aggressive. Yeah. Yes. Be uh, hornets and wasps. You know. Yeah, wasps too. I told you the story when I was uh, riding my bike when I was a kid through the woods, and a hornet's nest kind of fell, and the hornets were chasing me. I was on my bike, and I was just. And it was, they were all swarming. I was just riding that bike as fast as I could. I got stung twice on the back of the head, but they can sting multiple times. Dang. So it was a pretty scary and tricky situation. I think the issue with bees too is that for people who are allergic to bees, I completely understand the phobia and fear. I've seen the type of reactions people have to like a, a bee sting is pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, yeah. It, it's do, you an think the fear, do you think the fear is is irrational or rational no it's definitely rational uh, i think fear in general is like one of those emotions that like cripples us right but yeah. i will say this like i don't think and uh, this is just me defending myself here i don't think it's a fearful response to move quickly in the face of danger i think that's an intelligent response yeah especially when i wasn't freaking out i was just like guys look <laughs> out the open. window like <laughs> don't open the door <laughs> there's thousands of bees flying figure eights outside of our window right now like that doesn't look good they're all flying in sync when like a whole bunch of bees flying sync that's far worse than a bunch of bees flying however they mm. want to fly because they're definitely planning something. Yeah. Imagine if 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 human beings had that type of loyalty. All thousand bees are out out there on that <laughs> fence, gathered together, just wishing a motherfucker would. Hundred <laughs> percent. They're just they're just sitting there like, test me. Yeah. <laughs> Nafis, dude, I can't believe that he stood up. There was a wall behind him, so he stood up, looked over the wall, saw all these bees swarming. It was just like, nope. <laughs> you got heck out of there <laughs> and he was on an important call we were trying to tell he yeah. was like mad at us for like distracting him and we're <laughs> like we're trying to save your life bro <laughs> <laughs> uh, if it's well, that important to you we'll just let the bees destroy you <laughs> uh, definitely a fun moment uh, yeah it gave us it gave us an opportunity to talk about the fear of bees, but I, I won't lie. Getting stung is not a fun feeling at all. So no, it's, it sucks. But at the same time, like I, I do think when you're, when you're meditating or whatever you might be doing, like there is room to like connect with nature in a more meaningful way. And like when you spend time and you have like, if a bee lands on you, you don't do anything. You start to like learn that they're not, not so mean. Yeah. Yeah. And when you realize how, how valuable they are to your life and your survival, um, they're kind of like, they're some of the most amazing. I watched I, on the nature, you know, National Geographic and Nature yeah. Channel. I love watching, um, watching bees, stories on bees, actually. I think they're, <laughs> they're one of the more fascinating uh, members of our ecosystem and they play such a vital role, these little things. Yeah. Right? I want to talk about a couple personal things that happened um, for me. So yesterday, a company I invested in called Cali Water had their launch, which was fun to fun to post about and you know watch. Um, it was founded by a friend of mine, Oliver uh, Trevena, and his very close friend Vanessa Hudgens, the actress. And um, it's this like cactus water beverage that. I just like can't get enough of like we, we've been drinking so much at the house. We had four cases delivered about two weeks ago. Yeah. And every friend that's come over has had one and been like, yo, can I take one for the road or can I take a few home? We went through a few yesterday. I mean, as, as we know, um, 
well before it became a cultural phenomenon here in the States, most uh, Indian Americans knew the benefits of coconut water, right? When, like we yeah. stop on, when you're in India, you stop on the side of the street, 10 rupees, which is probably the equivalent of maybe 20 cents, 15, 20 cents. You get a fresh coconut. The guys climb up the trees, take them down, fresh coconut, pop a straw in there, get the nice milk, and it's great for rehydration. About 10, 10 or so years ago, some innovative entrepreneur said, hey, they've been doing this in tropical places for a long time. Let's package this coconut water and sell it. Um, the benefits are clear for hydration, and it seems like uh, with, with Cali water, takes the same phenomenon with with cac cactus water essentially exactly. which provides some of the same rehydration efforts i had it for the first time yesterday i think we probably went through three cans each mm -hmm. and and i don't feel badly for drinking all of Partha's cali water um because i know he can get more <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna pay for it too i'm gonna add some revenue to the company <laughs> no, they're That's doing great they're um they're uh They've got like a pretty good distribution set up. I think I don't remember what retailer they're going into, but I'll share when um, when that happens for people to try. But it's a major retailer they're going into nationally. Yeah, it's a, this beverage space is a fascinating one for me. I've spent some time like early on when Vitamount Water first launched as an independent company. I did some um, consulting work regionally for them in in. Um, in Ohio and just seeing like it's a highly, highly competitive space, but if you are able to succeed within it and, and create market share, the, the exits can be very large. I saw the exit with vitamin water, Coke, the same guys that started vitamin water actually created body armor, um, which is obviously popular because of Kobe's investment, um, an equity deal with them. And then they're popular and they recently sold, uh, to Coca-Cola as well. So it's like if you can create something that's unique in the space and build a market around it, can be a very lucrative business. And I wish um, wish your friend, I wish you, and I wish uh, Vanessa Hudgens much much luck in, in, in this product. I'll continue to support it. Yeah, I'm stoked about it, man. That's a, it's a fun one to be a part of. And then, you know, my, my uh, main thing here, Lasso, uh, we we just were named i think it comes out later today it'll be out by the time probably this podcast drops but men's health named us the number one compression sock of the last uh last year which is a pretty big honor for us because that's the uh i mean that that is the industry leader in in you know health and fitness stuff calling us the best in our category which is very humbling i mean for me it's like the equivalent of getting a some sort of plaque for a song i would drop you know it's yeah. just like it's pretty sick, honestly, when you make something that you think is gonna be good for the world and like people actually like react to that in the way that you hope they do. It's like a pretty freaking great feeling. Yeah, you and I talk quite a bit about how awards and accolades are traps and distractions, but I think it's also it's that's not this is an exception to that, right? That general thought because like you said, for you as a startup company who has no brand equity or, or brand awareness to start, right? To you need these type of validations, not for yourself so much, but it helps the rest of the market understand and be validated by a third party or independent source. It's completely different when it's coming from lasso centered social media of course you're going to promote your brand even yeah. though you guys believe in it and should believe in it when you have that third party validation this is true for any consumer product or business um that's helps move the market it's a huge i mean obviously we celebrated it last night it's a huge accomplishment specifically because of who it is right men's fitness being uh a leader and then also being a leader amongst consumers who lead active lifestyles specifically. I mean, I think it's like one of those things, right? Like you collect and it's a kind of, it's, it's one of those things where you can lead a conversation and, and I know it's going to be relieving for you. You don't have to give them the, 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 
the rest of the five minute elevator pitch. It's like yeah. you you had me at men's fitness, but like yeah. you had me at hello, it's you had me at yeah. men's fitness. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's no, it's it's honestly it's a big deal. I mean, it's like it's like saying you have a billboard number one. Like it's a big deal. Yeah. So in our in our cat like in our whole industry, that's a refreshing feeling. And like I would say the thing that I value about everybody that I have a, as a role model or an inspiration is that they're excellent at what they do. Yeah. And my whole life was like, how can I be really great at what I do? And like, I think one of the things that I do well is product design. That would be like maybe my main skill set or maybe like not product design in the technical way, but more design. I, I don't know. There's like a category that I fall into that's, that's unique based on my skills, but to have, the reception, like the public reception, we get the customer testimonials and all of that's really awesome. The athletes and yeah. all of that. But, um, yeah. To have the recognition publicly that we are the best of the best. Like that's, that's great. It's where I think we belong by the way, cause our product is that good, but it's nice that other people are saying it. Yeah. And this is also like, I think you're in a unique space in the sense that it's, there's a there's a there's a learning process right like if you're if you're if you study enough about physiology you understand um the importance of your feet right in in your entire body function but there's still an education gap right that you've had to kind of force people to see right like take care of your feet it's one of the most important things that you can do for your long-term physical wellness that's something that's a, um, a difficult bridge to, to, to overcome. But I think what is these things is the steps that you're taking show that's kind of a way to bridge that gap, right? Yeah. It's like every time an article comes out, someone might learn something new, pick up something. Oh, I get it now. Have that aha moment. Because I think what happens is once you try the socks and you try the product, you realize their value, but the first step is getting people aware of the product and understanding of why it has value, right? Yep. Um, and and then actually buying into that value. That's how consumer products success works. Um, and that's what what things like this do is like make that part of it easier, which is a very difficult thing to do, right? Yeah. Like I can only imagine, you know, the when you were setting your price point for the stock. Like, I, I'm curious to know how how you went through that process. Yeah, I mean, that was th that's pretty quick, like all of that stuff, because you get a sense of where the market's at and you kind of know roughly what what a product's worth. A lot of what I do is based on intuition. You can support things with numbers, but you don't have to support everything with numbers. And so it just kind of felt like $30 was the right price point because Nike socks can go up to 26, dance goes up to 35 and, you know, their quality is very bad on all of those socks. So I felt like by sitting in that same pocket at 30, but delivering like a totally different level of quality, uh, we'd be able to take that whole premium sock space, which is what's starting to happen. Yeah. And the thing that I learned was relative to other like medical compression socks, you guys are actually priced probably low on the lower very end. Very low. Yeah, yeah, very low on that side of things. We didn't, the goal is not, I mean, there's a compression market we're going to, continue to, to gain but i don't yeah. think that that's that's as impactful as getting a bunch of regular people to understand why those benefits are important to to them yeah in everyday life yep yeah well congratulations again man and thanks uh, dog feels well, good maybe we should get uh get a tattoo this week to celebrate let's do it that pilot boy's emblem i'm down man it's okay coming. Yeah, oh, Nafis said he would actually design up something for us. Oh, that'd be dope. Yeah. That'd be dope. Heck yeah. So 420 topic is next. Um, this is one that you're going to discuss tonight. Uh, aliens are real. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to let you lead this topic because you actually, you, actually, you actually triggered the conversation. We had an interesting group chat conversation about it. I think both of us fall on kind of the... Um, the belief spectrum, right? Yeah. Um, but I would I think it's curious to hear, you know, oh, do you believe in aliens or not? But why? You There's know, a why? lot. 
coming out, whether it's from the U.S. government, Canadian government, other governments, and from government officials that are stepping down, essentially saying that, hey, there's a lot coming in terms of information about aliens. And the the common thread amongst all the messaging that's been put out by these officials that have left the governments or the statements from the Pentagon has been that we're in touch with alien races. They're helping us develop our technology. They don't like that we as humans fight wars and destroy the planet. And so they won't give us their technology for that reason. And there's some sort of uh, kind of like galactic alliance. Yeah, Council. something that we're Guardians not allowed the to do. Yeah. Some guardi- Guardians of Galaxy shit. <laughs> and uh, we as humans, they say, are you know one of the more primitive societies uh, compared to where, where a lot of the alien races have gotten to. So that to me is like fascinating already just to mm-hmm. hear so many different people saying that, but also a lot of the, um, a lot of the documents that you can, you can actually just check them out on the government website, uh, the U S government website, if you're into that, but they have a bunch of releases that the Pentagon has just done of just a lot of, a lot of stuff that supports this. And I think there's two, you know, it's a test, like a, a belief in aliens or any other form of life is a test to the pliability of your mind. Like how open are you to accepting different ideas and how much does that change your understanding of yourself? And like, if you have a pretty strong sense of who you are, then it doesn't really matter, you know, whether there's aliens or not aliens, or if we live on the earth, if we live on Mars or whatever, yeah. you know, those things can change over time because you're pretty locked in on yourself. But my, you know, my overall thought on this is that when I meet someone who's very close to the idea of aliens, they're usually close to a lot of, you know, the conversation I want to have. And so it's not super productive. But when people are very open to talking about these things and wondering and, and imagining and buying into, you know, what what's the phrase? Suspending disbelief to have a conversation. Mm-hmm. That's always that's always a really productive conversation that I tend to have. And I, it, just from the standpoint of you know, where humanity could be going next. I like the idea that we can strive to be so much better and having examples, hopefully, you know, communicate with us in some way to, to illustrate that there's, there's more growth to be had, maybe will help unite humanity in a meaningful way, especially coming out of the virus. Yeah. I mean, here's the, here's the reality. The logical disposition should be belief, right? Because when you really understand the size of our uni- of our universe and how much we haven't even discovered yet, the belief or thought that we're the only creatures in existence, you know, I know it's it's challenging to some religious belief systems as well. Um, this concept, um, but I think if you're being logical and you're thinking through this thing, you should lean toward. I, if I were to, if someone were to put a gun to my head, I would say aliens do exist. I think that that should be the disposition, just based on pure logic. The stats are in your favor on that. Yeah, and then you know, throughout human history, I think you, as you said, the Pentagon. I think I think every twenty or twenty-five years, they have to declassify their information. And when you look through the files on aliens, it's like this shit is real, you know. More yeah, than likely, it's documented. Written. It's written down. There's audio. There's writing. There's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot, and it's like, for me, I think a lot of the disbelief is again a fear-based idea, a fear of the unknown, which is because we don't know what they are or how they live, how they breathe. Um, there's always going to be a fear, you know. And it's interesting the position that the rest of the the races. Um, in the universe, um, look at America um, with the same, and the or not America, but the the world, and look at our issues and say these people are really primitive. And the truth is, we really are primitive. We yeah. we we fight. <laughs> we get this beautiful earth, and we fight and and kill for it. You know, yeah. it's a, it's an odd it's an odd conundrum. <laughs> yeah, straight up, it's a it's a bizarre thing that we do. But uh, I think it, it comes from the fact that if you were to believe we're the only life on Earth, then that makes sense to fight each other for the resources or like yeah. in the universe, right? Yeah. But it, 
if you even know, if you believe that there's outside life and that we could interact with it at some point in our lifetimes, then you want to kind of come correct. You want to clean up your environment. You want it's like you want your house nice before somebody yeah. does it, right? There's just a certain element of of that that starts to seep into your personality. So you get a little bit more empathetic. You start trying to help people a little more. Start trying to clean things up. You know, I think there's there's a lot of good things that come from a belief. I mean, and, and then some of the the thoughts, like for example, that the aliens helped with the uh, with the uh, with Pyramid. the uh, pyramids, yeah. And also, you know, if you look at some of the drawings in like the caves of like ancient, um, I think the Mayans as well, there are, are draw, drawings and sketches of their interactions with alien life forms as well. Yeah, um, there's a lot of that actually. If you look back through history. Yes, there is. There is. Yeah. So it's definitely a fun thing to study. Um, yeah. Look into it a little bit more if you haven't, and 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 break down your limiting beliefs to keep you from from studying something that might be true. Yeah, you know, this is a a very signature four twenty podcast already. I know we talked about aliens and bees, <laughs> and you for the to- record, and for the record, neither one of us is uh, in the clouds right now. So. <laughs> Let's talk about an alien that can shoot threes, Steph Curry, just bawling out on everybody. If you don't believe in aliens, then you haven't been watching. You haven't <laughs> been watching Steph Curry play basketball the last. My couple God, years. he is unbelievable, dude. Dude, I mean, and the, the sad thing is that they're still losing, which which goes to tell you that <laughs> basketball is still a team sport. Poor Steph. Yeah. I mean, and that we love Draymond Green, but. Dude, you're not as good as you think you are, or the, the Warriors would be a little bit better right now without Clay Thompson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but Clay this, seems to be on the way back, right? Yeah, he should be back by next season. But the thing that's amazing, the stat that I saw that was amazing is that Steph has six uh, 10 three-point games this season alone, right? Mm-hmm. And the next closest on the all-time list for their entire career is Clay Thompson with five. <laughs> and I think there are only five players um, with three or more 10 three-point games for their entire wow. career. Wow. So this guy, and he has 21 total. So wow. what we're seeing from Steph Curry is literally, I know people say, talk about the debate for the greatest player of all time and all of those, all of those things. But, you know, it's it's clear that this guy is better than any shooter. He's something we've never seen in the NBA game before. And he's getting a little bit older at 33. We all should enjoy um, what we're seeing from Steph Curry. It's brilliance. It's, it's art. It's like watching Picasso paint. It's like watching. It's just as valuable as he needs to get the same respect as the Michael Jordans, the LeBron James, the Kobe Bryant's. He belongs in that that conversation and category because he's doing something that we've never seen before. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree, man. I mean, Steph, Steph in general is you know an iconic player, but he's playing at a totally different level than anybody's ever reached. And yeah. I think like when he was at what I thought was his peak three years ago, four years yeah. ago. I was like, man, this guy's insane. You know, it's like a cheat code. And what yeah. he's doing right now is a step above that. Yeah. And I just didn't, I didn't think we could get this good at basketball as humans. He's an alien. I don't, I mean, if you look at him closely, you can kind of see it in his eyes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, there's, there's definitely some space jam stuff going on there. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, that's we get to we get to enjoy watching him play and and for that i'm thankful yeah me too man me too such an unbelievable talent i highly encourage you to check out some of his highlights if you haven't already from this season specifically yes yes what else we got to talk about in news and notes man do we have anything else we got uh you know the two sad headlines that i don't want to bring up so i'm going to make you do it unless you want to just jump to our deep dive um we can talk about one of them, I guess. Uh, I guess we should talk about one of them. Go for uh, it. I think we should uh, talk about 
specifically today being 420, um, it's kind of an extension of this, is what's going on with um, Derek Chauvin and the, the, the trial um, of the century that's happening right now. Um, yeah. It, it seems like if they don't get this case right and, and he's not um, – He's not held accountable for murder in some degree um, that we're going to see a lot of unrest and tension um, boil over in our cities and streets. Um, it, yeah. just seems, it seems like we're at a, a tense moment as far as that's concerned. And then also it's an extension of the larger issue, which is um, gun violence increasing. 2020 was the largest um, biggest year for gun sales um, in American history. Um, and as things open up, we're starting to see um, some of these underlying tensions that we wish didn't exist in the United States of America, FedEx shooting. Last week, I believe that they were targeting some um, Sikh, um, specifically Sikhs who are a subset of, 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 our, of our culture. But I mean, overall, you know what our our position on this is we wish for a better America. We wish we want people to learn and understand each other better versus see each other's differences as reasons to dislike each other. Um, and then also like it's, it's fairly clear that something needs to be done about gun violence in the United States because it's way worse here than anywhere else. And it shouldn't be in a, in a civilized modern society. What that solution is, I'm not just the person that says, hey, take away everyone's guns. Um, but people need to work toward uh, toward addressing these issues. We can't have these random acts of violence uh, continue yeah. to happen. Yeah, that's exactly right. There's a lot of ways that you know these problems can be addressed. It's not probably not prudent to get into the, all those ways right now. Yeah, no. But, you know, that being said, it's a definite problem. And um you know, it's something that we should all be thinking about and talking about amongst our circles. And it's one of the, the reasons that the aliens don't want to come down and play with us. It is, actually. And yeah. wouldn't that be more fun to spend our time playing with aliens? Yes, it would be. Yeah. Building new technology. So on that note, I guess we'll move into our pause here. Grab Grab a quick breather and we'll jump into our deep dive topic today, which is about fear and how fear affects your decision-making and your enjoyment of life. Yes, we'll be back. Show the Pilot Boys some love by getting some of our exclusive merch at shop.pilotboys.com. You're listening to the Pilot Boys Podcast. Hey guys, this is Partha. You might know me as a Pilot Boy, but I'm also the CEO of Lasso. Lasso is a high-performance lifestyle brand that makes a Lasso Sock 2.0 the most functional sock ever to help you stay moving on any adventure you choose. Lasso uses patented compression technology with scientifically proven ankle stability to support key ligaments and tendons as well as moisture wicking materials and built-in strike padding. So every single step is stable, soft, and cool. Lasso socks are also used to treat foot and ankle conditions like plantar fasciitis, Achilles pain, ankle soreness, circulation issues, and more. Check them out at lassogear.com or at lassogear on social media. Undo Media is proud to be the production partner for the Pilot Boys. Storytelling is what they do. From video production, podcasting, and consulting, Undo Media's focus is on telling your story. Find out why four Emmys and hundreds of clients will back up why you should contact Undo Media for your next project. Look them up at undomedia.com. Let's get into this. This is actually a topic that uh, came up on our morning walk uh, this morning, Partha. So, and it was actually something that you brought up. You know, so let's let's give this thing the proper context because I think it was uh, the the way that you brought it up in the context, the personal connection you have to this is, uh, I think, a great way for us to to start the conversation. Yeah, man. And I don't. I'm like a guy who I don't feel like I necessarily have totally conquered everything yet in life. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah, you know, why I might come across like that at times. Like, there's definitely still a lot I struggle with, and so this this topic you know sits dear to me because i feel that like the what came up today was essentially this feeling of like you know yesterday was an amazing day for me today i have a lot of stuff on my plate that i'm gonna knock out and 
you know, you can only show up and do what, what you can do every day at work or whatever. But for some reason, like many mornings when I wake up, I wake up with like this, just fear or dread that like everything is going to fall apart. And it's meditation that like saves me out of that space. It's just like taking a second to just like bring myself back to like the present moment. Remember where I'm at, how far I've gotten and like Mm -hmm. how much I have to my name and like what the next steps are that it's like, oh yeah, that's not really what's going on here. But that fear is tied much deeper down to like a fear of, you know, losing success or not becoming successful. But essentially like, what I don't know if you want to call it like the immigrant child thing. I don't know if you want to call it like just the general like American thing where everybody has this like pressure to succeed or maybe it's a combination of that plus like everyone around you trying to show how hard they're working all the time, right? And you look around and it's like, well, I see all these people working hard, but that doesn't necessarily equate to success. Mm-hmm. And it's like more it's more about being thoughtful, balanced and just being, you know, genuinely happy in your life and that happiness is what you know really cultivates success so i think what challenges me about this whole thing is that the in images and like stories that i'm told by society about what it needs to look like to be successful don't actually correlate with what it looks like to be successful and so every day when i'm doing what i feel is the right thing to do there's this voice in my head saying, but you're not doing all these other things that other people are doing that, you know, they claim makes them successful or like this guy just made some money. This guy just made some money on this random, you know, whatever. Right. And it's like, you're not doing that. Right. Or you're not doing this. And so like your brain starts to almost freak you out. And it's like a survival mechanism because it wants you to, you know, like when there's food, it wants you to eat. You know what I mean? So it's like, that whole kind of mess of like emotions is very interesting to deal with. And like, for me personally, the way that I handle it is I recognize when I'm feeling that way and almost treat it like a headspace I have to step out of. And so when I'm able to like, like I imagine myself stepping out of my body for a second and my whole body moving and just kind of leaving that emotion over there in that physical space I was just in. When I do that exercise, you know, that helps me to kind of leave some of that behind and just move through my day. But fear is like usually tied to the past. It's tied to like any sort of trauma or any sort of like moments in the past that have not necessarily worked out. And so in the in, you know, the current time, you'll feel fear because something you did before, you know, didn't work out and your body doesn't want that to happen again because it wants you to survive. But the stakes just aren't that high when it comes to working. You know, you're not going to die or not die with one phone call that you did extra that day or didn't do that day. Yeah, I agree. I think there's there's two sides of this, right? Just to extend on what you're saying, there's the fear, which is based in the past. And then the second part of this is the anxiety, which is based on things that haven't happened that you don't really have a lot of control over, but want to have control over and hate the fact that you don't have control over that. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's, I think a lot of this comes through, it's very difficult, especially when you're an entrepreneur and you're trying to build something because it's, it's a tough thing because you're both trying to grow personally and spiritually and, and figure yourself out. You're still fully learning how to adapt to who you are and how you function and the things that affect your mentality and mindset while also kind of doing this thing that lends itself to being affected by the external world, right? You do need some sort of external validation if you're creating a product or you're creating a consumer good or anything like that. You do need to figure out a way to get that external validation so people buy your product, right? Yeah. Yeah, And so that wrestling that you have is something that's very difficult. And I think that's very, and, and, and it goes back to, we, a lot of these topics circle back to the same thing, which is how much are you spending time creating your belief system and your success metrics based on external 
variables in the external world versus learning and understanding yourself, right? Yeah. And what's happened for me recently is that I'm starting, I've accepted my flaws. I've accepted my limitations and don't look at them as that. They just are things that V is and isn't, right? Mm -hmm. And once you discover that, I think a lot of the anxiety and fear goes away because one, you realize that this thing really is a marathon, not a sprint. You know, the reason that you feel that pressure is, is all external, right? It's not, it's not really from your internal, internal clock at yeah. all. Um, and I think if you can grasp that, a lot of this stuff slows down for you. And it's one of the best feelings when everything slows down and your, your reactions are natural. It's very akin to working out, right? The first time you work out, it's, it's, it's a lot more difficult than the hundredth time you work out. But if you create a system in which you're just functioning and breathing, and this is how I handle my problems, this is how I handle my successes, this is how I handle my failures, you know, you need to, you need to move, move with that spirit. And it's, yeah. it's, it's an, it's, it's a constant journey, right? To reach maximum efficiency with that is very difficult, especially knowing the reality of just living life. You've got bills to pay. You've got people that you have to answer to, um, people you're accountable to, your own internal pressure of not being where you're at, and then society setting these time metrics, right? Like you're old at, at, at 40 if you haven't made it by 40. But if you look at like the actual reality of success stories, people who are astronomically successful, most of them got it at the midpoint or later of their lives, right? Yeah. They're not getting it. That the twenty-one-year-old the wonderkind. It's it's most of those fizzle out, man. Like yeah. I've seen it around me. Like everyone who who you know came up as like that hot young entrepreneur. Like there's very few still in the game right now. There's a lot of people doing cool shit, and I you know things I respect heavily, but the ambition definitely fades in a lot of people as they get beaten yeah. down by life. Yeah. And I think the other thing, the other aspect of this, and this is something that you struggle with, and I think we all struggle with, is it's interesting because as we talk about ignoring the external world, we also beat ourselves up because we're, we're in the race, right? And no matter how big the successes are, because you have this like goal of where your finish line is, you don't appreciate the, the small successes along the way. They actually add pressure versus giving you the, that the happiness and the yeah. relief along the journey that you deserve. Because I found like every time someone recognized me or I got success or got a, a good check, the pressure and the anxiety went up because I was like, okay, got to keep going. Accomplish this. The next accomplishment needs to be bigger. You know, how do you kind of manage that aspect of it? And then the idea of when you're an entrepreneur, you always need to be doing more and that, that feeling that you're not doing enough in a given day. Yeah. I mean, this, this is why I listen to so much Drake, bro. Cause it's like <laughs> you listen to it and you just, it, it's the same personality type. Like I'm a Scorpio too. So it's the same level of emotion tied to this drive and ambition and like success yeah. and all of that. I mean, there's no solution to it, especially if you're like, I'm a relatively emotional guy. So especially yeah. if you're going to feel strong emotions on the daily, like the solution is ride the wave, learn how to surf. You know what yeah. I mean? You're not going to stop the waves. Yep. 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 And you know, what's interesting too, is like that, that pressure that you put on yourself to constantly be doing stuff it actually impact I, th I would argue that it has more of a negative impact because if you're just doing stuff because you feel a pressure that for you're the not, sake of it yeah yeah because you're feeling like the pressure that you're not doing enough you're creating a tension in your creative process um, that doesn't need to exist you need to your mind needs to be free and clear 
to make effective and positive decisions. And that's when you're probably stressed, the hardest thing. Sorry to interrupt you. That's the hardest yeah. thing for business people to understand. That's an artist mindset that you have there, V, which is that yeah. the downtime is as valuable as the uptime because the downtime recharges you for the uptime and it gives you the creativity and the new ideas. Business people seem to not want to think like that. They want yeah. to drive themselves like they're robots and they look at it like they're optimizing a machine. But like, we're not machines, we're animals. So you have to optimize for energy and for mindset and for like flow. You can't optimize for like mechanical in a mechanical manner. No, you can't. You can't. That um, like work ethic culture is a negative for society, in my opinion, because it's not about how many hours you work. It's about how much impact you make and impacts measured differently than it, it's just not correlated to the hours you work. I mean, obviously yeah. there's some light correlation, but it's not as as linear as people would would drive you to believe. Yeah, and and it's also based on the fact that our society is driven by success and material success versus happiness, right? If you look at it from what do I need, uh, what do I need to make myself happy perspective, you know that that is a, a, a that work ethic thing is something that actually reduces your happiness specifically if you're overworking for the sake of working you don't love what you do um, those two factors seem to be the choices and and positions that a the great majority of society is stuck in right yeah. they work they're working in a place that they don't particularly enjoy and the 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 social ladder and the financial ladder puts you in a position where you're always insecure versus yeah. allowing yourself to be happy um, with where you're at and what you have. You know yeah. what I mean? It Dude, I mean, I honestly couldn't agree more. Like, I think, I think that specifically is like one of the flaws of Western society is this desire for financial or at least external growth, right? It means like, there's certain decisions I make on a daily basis that are in that vein that are more because I know the response to those decisions is in my advantage than because I want to make those moves. So like when you're louder, when you're more showy, you get more business opportunity. Like America's yep. weird like that. Yeah, it is. So if you're in Japan, that doesn't really work. You have no, to go the opposite doesn't. way. You, no, it doesn't. It yeah, doesn't. it's that's a just very, like a that's a weird thing we do here. You know what I mean? Like a lot of the the customs we've developed are not, you know, traditionally like the way in which older cultures have communicated wealth, success, and and all of that. Like we're doing it maybe because we still have a chip on our shoulder from being one of the newer countries, right? One newer major countries, but we definitely want to prove that we're successful over here in America. Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, it's funny. So people get it's it's definitely changed, especially with the advent of digital culture and social media too. It's added fuel to those flames in the sense that before, I mean, I could I could I could say that if you were a middle class or upper middle class kid, your desire might be to own a house and have a Mercedes one day. Now. Yeah. <laughs> to take that and add like five more Mercedes, a Lamborghini, a plane, a boat, you know, uh, uh, Dude, a house, in, a house like, in Dubai, a house in Miami, a house. In, when I was in Ohio, the goal was live in, you know, a nice neighborhood and yeah. have like a nice car. Right. And like, yeah. be happy. Yeah. And, I've moved to LA and all of a sudden the goal is like, get like a ridiculous house and a private pool. Like, why, why do I care about these things? And why do I want them? You know? Yeah. <laughs> and we're all victim to it. Right? Yeah. And it's not even like I care about having them. Right. Yep. But it's just that I care you to know, demonstrate that I can have them. Yep. And you know that that's what society values. And that's yeah. something you and I talk about a lot and something we have trouble with a lot. Because we're fairly, we're actually almost abnormally humble guys in the sense that we are, I wouldn't say that to, as, a, as a flex or a brag, I would say that in the sense that we don't value the attention that comes from flexing. 
right? It's worked negatively for, I think for both of us, the negative attention from flexing has led to bad outcomes. Yeah. So we dodge that. Yeah, we like to dodge it. Yeah. But at the, at the same time, I think as we grow, we're kind of understanding that sometimes baits, there's a business V and a business part that has to be a certain way. And then there's the people that really know us. We can't be, we can't be the same person in those two worlds, you know? Yeah. And bro, like to add to that, you really, really, really have to like manage you and mm-hmm. how you're flowing through those worlds too, right? Like the, when you make a move for business, you, you, it's undoubtedly going to have personal ramifications and things you're going to have to deal with. And the larger your business moves get, especially for us, we like this entertainment space for some reason. Yeah. You know, we choose to deal with the bad side. Well, there's a lot of bad sides of being in entertainment. First of all, yeah. you have to deal with attention. You have to deal with fame. None of these are yeah. fun. You have to deal with a lot of these other facts. By the way, actually, let me take that back. These are very fun in doses. In doses. So, yeah. The all we like, we're driven to get all of those things, right? Mm-hmm. And at the same time, we pick an industry that's just like so scarce of, yeah. of resources and capital. So you have to be truly dominant. And maybe there's a part of us that like wants to compete. Like for me, definitely like school was never challenging. So if I had become an engineer or a doctor or any sort of like traditional job, I would, I would be incredibly bored. It's just not hard enough, but business is pretty freaking hard because it challenges the emotional side of you, which is much Mm -hmm. more difficult to learn. You know, the intellectual stuff is easy in my opinion, because you can just read a book, the emotional side, you have to like search your soul and like understand yourself to like, a deep degree like that is a lifelong process yeah and it's funny because it's like as as you go through each step of the process right the er early part of the journey right the it's Mm -hmm. it's it's very lonely then there's the actual journey and race of building which is intense right and then you get a measure of success and you don't appreciate the success because it comes with two things. It's like once you become successful, expectations increase both internally and externally yep. for you. And then the second part of it is that it comes with you having to adjust who you are and your per- specifically in the entertainment industry. Um, those things exist as well. And like you said, I, I agree with you. I think for us, it's it's the challenge of doing something that hasn't been done before by people that look like us, right? Yep. I think that that's a part of it. Like, I was a big part of it for me. I could have went and become a doctor, but I'm like, there's, I, I just didn't see anything special with that. Not special in the sense that it's not. It is a huge accomplishment to be able to go through school for that many years and pass all those tests, but it just wasn't something that. I felt um, really was going to be something that I learned a lot about myself. And that's what makes business and entrepreneurship, like you said, very unique is that you are forced to really spend time with yourself and learn yourself. And I feel like you learn a lot on the other side of that process. I feel like successful business people who go through that, that process while they're, they're rising of discovering themselves seem to have the best handling yeah. of of fame like a bill gates for example i would seems, even say a chamath as well yeah yeah and will smith in the entertainment will space. smith will, is is the north star man yep and the <laughs> yeah, rock that's, but, that's the best case uh, the rock as well mm-hmm. some of the best examples that of of handling huge huge levels of fame and on the flip side we LeBron. see yeah, LeBron as well. But on the flip side, we see the negative impact, right? Of some of these people who haven't like we hear all the stories about child stars. It just really is almost impossible to take someone who is that psychologically and personally undeveloped just by lack of experience, throw them into this attention-driven environment, become huge stars, um and then we know how fickle it is most careers don't last long, have that all taken away. 
while you still haven't had a chance to develop as a human being yet, um, that's why you see a lot of these, these drug problems, suicide issues, because it's a very difficult thing to, to manage, especially if you don't know who you are yet. You yep. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Bro, I honestly like couldn't agree more on all of this. And I think like the biggest, biggest solution, whether it's fear, or anxiety or life in general, to all of these problems we're talking about is you have to understand that you can never, ever, ever guarantee what somebody else thinks of you. So yep. the idea of wanting to be the Michael Jordan of whatever you do, that's mm-hmm. not in your control, no, right? No. It wasn't in Michael's control either. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. played as well as he could play in all those situations, but he did not control the outcome of those games. He Mm -hmm. controlled his role in the outcome of those games. And it worked out in his favor many times over, right? Mm -hmm. To me, that's statistics. That's not one person imposing their will. There's a level of like, you know, kind of like the animalistic dominant side that gets into people's heads for sure in sport. But like, that's that's the amount of control you can exert is just your energy on a game, right? Mm -hmm. That's it. And so if your goal is to be recognized by others as the best at what you do, you'll be unhappy because you can't control that. But if your goal is to just make great stuff or do do your job to the highest level possible, that's achievable by you. It is. It is. And it's a great way to frame um, frame your view viewpoint on the world, right? Because it's like nobody fully i feel like every single human being one of the advantages that we have is we're unique in our own sense right um find out what makes you unique and exploit it you know there's a you know find your talent and exploit it spend time finding out what it is but then when you exploit it and it is your talent that's where you find your success i think a lot of people spend a lot of time doing things that's not meant for them to do. And they get frustrated by the results because they don't really question it. It's driven, as we said before, by the results. It's driven by whether it's the paycheck, what the job could potentially do. You know, we see this in the entertainment industry. So many people are willing to whore themselves out without pay because they think that by being somebody's intern at a big label is going to get them where they need to go yeah. you know um and that's 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 the other part of it is be of being you right if you can figure out who you are and then you stay active and you stay moving in your journey toward what you are and just say i'm going to make incremental steps every week you don't even need to do it as a daily thing you could say every week i'm going to take an incremental step to get better at what i do and when right. you set standards like that a lot of you get a lot of mental relief yeah yeah dude i i totally agree and that like that's the healthy way to approach life right mm-hmm. but you're going to get you're going to get the reaction inside of you that's like well what do those people think or what what is that you know what does that mean and like the only way to really get past that is just to just to find a way to not focus on it yeah and recognize it the fact that if the fact that you recognize it is the first step, that means that you're on the right path, right? Yeah. Why do I care? When you the first time I asked my question myself the question, I why do I care what other people think? I feel like my life from that standpoint, from that point on, has been liberating. I actually had to work through all the stuff before that because by the time I had asked that question, I had been so impacted by it there was a lot that i had to unpackage and unlearn but it's been the best process that i probably could have gone through and i think i think the same is true for you yeah yeah i I couldn't agree more and it's like it's a daily process too like you have to start to find habits that help you to identify when you're off center right and -hmm. when you build like a, a sense of like what it feels like to be you um in a way that you enjoy then it's very easy to feel when you're off because Mm -hmm. it starts, you feel a negative sensation. And like, yes, the easy trick is like anything negative is external. Anything positive is internal. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, that that'll guide you. There's complexities when it comes to ego, but 
I just genuinely don't feel that any of our listeners are pretty. I would feel that if you're listening to this podcast, you probably don't have ego issues. You probably have confidence issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Just like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, ego, ego is an interesting thing because it's like what you said, one of those things too the voices in your head controlling those, right? There is an ego that we all have um, that wants to, it doesn't necessarily have to say, hey, you're better than everyone else. I think that's a misunderstanding of ego. It's like this implicit bias that you almost have, right? Yeah. Of like, I know what's best for me and myself. That's yeah. still ego, you yeah. know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, and so that's that's all part of that process of learning, learning to just move and then also receive versus yeah. trying to always impact everything that we do. That's another thing, part of this that I think you've mentioned, you've talked about. It's like this sense that we have to believe that we're in control of our own destiny. Yeah. And it's a very hard thing to embrace and understand that you're not in control of your own destiny. Yeah. I could, you know. Yeah. And, you know, just to add to that, there's like a lot of things that we think we're in control of that, you know, I, I would consider limiting beliefs in the way we structure our lives. So like, even like from a psyche or destiny or standpoint, we have certain habits we build into our lives that we feel like if I don't hit my morning run, if I don't do my meditation, if I don't do my journaling, I'm going to be off today. You won't yep. be off if you live in a meditative way. You won't be off if you live in a reflective way. Right. Yeah. Those exercises are to help build the muscle, but you can you can integrate that way of thinking and living and being into your whole life. And so, you know, even with sleep, right? Like how much sleep should you get? If you live a low stress life, then you probably don't need as much sleep. You know, yeah. if you live a high stress life and you're putting a ton of stress in your body emotionally and physically, you probably need a lot more sleep. And mm -hmm. that's just you know, that's just kind of how it works. And it's funny because it's like the people, the people who live the high stress life are Take people less. who <laughs> yeah. Sleep, yeah. sleep less. But, you know, that's that's very true. You know, it's, it's crazy because it, as you go through the process of like trying to get get through all this stuff, it starts to become a lot simpler the further you go. But it's just more about like getting back to that childhood feeling of just like enjoying your life, having a good time, playing yeah. on the swings. Yeah. Our stresses are based on what's in our head and what we believe that we're stressed about. Yeah. At the end of the day, I think all of us, all of us are equipped to figure out life. We just have to believe that we can, you know? Yep. Absolutely. Well, on that note, I, I think that's, you know, pretty uplifting pun, uh, pun intended there way to end the, uh, pod boys podcast episode 78. Um, as usual, you know, hashtag stay moving and be yourself. You as fly. Let's get to it, man. Let's get to the rest of this 420. Pilot boys out. Pilot boys, we get on up. We gon' fly, boys, we get up. Boys, we get on